show called Let's Talk Homeschool. I'm Davis and I'm your host and we have a guest today. This is the show where we talk about everything homeschooling, the how, what, when, where, and why. We want to affirm, encourage, challenge, and inspire you in this adventure of a lifetime and we want to celebrate everything you get to experience along the way. This podcast is sponsored by Apologia Educational Ministries. Go to Apologia.com, a great place to explore creation. Today's show is titled The Young Explorer Series, and we have the author of the series, Jeannie Fulbright, with us today. So Jeannie, thank you for joining us. I'm so happy to be here. So you've been a part of the Apologia family for a long time. You have a series of seven science books for elementary ages. They're award-winning. They've received rave reviews over the years. But let's go back to the beginning, so to speak. What inspired you to begin tackling such a big endeavor like this? Well, it, it really began because my children wanted to learn about space. And I hadn't studied space. I didn't study it in college, and I didn't study, I mean, it was just maybe one semester in high school that we talked about the planets and space and all of that. And I thought, well, you know what? Like any good homeschool mom, we'll go to the library and we'll get a ton of books on space. And we got 23 books on space and they were all very beautifully illustrated. But the problem was, is they were full of, of course, evolution. They were written in a way that just I mean, my children's eyes glazed over. It was so boring. It was just information and not, um, it wasn't um, living, it wasn't a living book. And I had been trained early in my homeschool journey in the Charlotte Mason model of homeschooling. And I wanted my children to um, be taught science and every subject with living books. And so, um, in, in addition to that, it was just, there were just, the information in them just didn't bring the subject to life. And my children suddenly didn't want to learn about space anymore. They were done within, I would say, 30 minutes of reading these books. And my daughter kept saying, Mom, why, why do you keep skipping over that part about billions of years? Because she could read. And so I said, you know, this is not true. This is not what we believe. And, you know, I saw that little doubt in her in her eye because who am I to say that it's not true? And it was, you know, in the book. So it was very clear to her that somebody believed that. And I realized, you know what, I need to teach my children with books that, that support our worldview, that give evidence for creation. And so I went and redid my research and I found um, other science books that were written um, in the creation model. And um, but they were above elementary level and my children couldn't understand them, what they were saying. And I thought, okay, I have got to do my own research and write a book that brings the subject to life. And um, I am a uh, I'm a I've always been a writer. I used to I wrote Bible studies for my church and the newsletter and I was writing for um, our homeschool, our state homeschool newsletter. And so I knew I could write. And so I started doing the research, wrote the astronomy book and was writing it each day. And I just felt the Lord just telling me this is what I needed to do. And it was kind of hard because I I had so many other things that I wanted to do. And every time I would get involved in some other activity and w- that would take me away from my writing, the Lord just made it very clear I was supposed to sit down and finish this book. And I didn't understand why. I thought, why does he care so much that I have to write this astronomy book? And um 
And so I just would pray with a friend. Every time I pray with a friend, chap, I'd get a, a whole lesson done. So, um, and when I finished it, I, I had a bunch of friends online. That was, internet was really new. And so um, I was talking to friends online. We were on these forums, these homeschool forums, and they all wanted a copy. And so I decided to start printing up copies and sending them to friends. And um, then some homeschool stores started being interested in them. And I thought, oh my goodness, I have to give them a discount. I'm not really charging enough to get a di- to give somebody a discount. And so, and I talked to this one homeschool store and he said, well, I know a company that's looking for an elementary science curriculum. And at that point I had already started writing the botany book. And so um, the rest is history. Apologia was, um, became the publisher and I just um, completed the series to do a uh, just for apology, and it's been a wonderful journey, this whole journey so far. So it started with astronomy, and then, like you say, you were already starting botany before, about this time you and you and Apologia came together to begin the author-publishing relationship. And since then, you've written a, a swimming creatures book, a flying creatures book, a land animals book, human anatomy, and a chemistry physics. So you're the author of seven in this series, and that uh, was that roughly one book a year or how long did it take you to write the entire series? Yeah, it was about a book a year. Um, I would do all the research while the kids, while the kid, I was homeschooling the kids and it was in the summer when I had all my research done and all everything I was going to put in the book kind of spelled out and I had them in little folders and, um, and, you know, originally I started writing cause I'd always, I've always been a writer and I always wrote with pen and paper. And so it took a long time for me. I would probably say about the middle of writing the series that I started being able to write on a computer because I was a hand writer. You know, all my thoughts and all my ideas flowed from my hand to the paper. And uh, it was kind of a neat transition to be able to start writing on the computer. That's a lot more convenient. But um, in the summer, when the kids were done with school, we would take the summers off and I would, uh, we would go on vacations and I would write there. And I, you know, especially when my husband was around, I was able to write. A lot of times I would write when he came home um, for dinner. And when he came home, I would, you know, serve everybody dinner and then I would go and start writing. And then my husband was on. He was the, uh, he was the parent at that point without me. So, and I would write late at night, write at two in the morning. People always ask me, how do you, how did you write these books while you were homeschooling? And it was always just, I would say, I don't know. It was a miracle. God must have, you know, given me these, he carved out these pockets of time. So yeah, it was. Well, I'm sure it was a big sacrifice. Like you say, I'm not surprised that there were some 2 a.m. mornings where you uh, just had to do it when kids were asleep, when nobody else was demanding mom or wife to to do some writing. So thank you for that sacrifice. So I got a question here. I just listed the seven titles that you've authored. And they're all on a very specific topic. And sometimes there's a question in education of should you dive deep into one subject or should you do a little bit of everything in one given year? So what is the reason behind focusing so deeply on one subject at a time in these science textbooks? You know, honestly, I didn't intend to, um, I didn't set out to use the immersion approach to science. I did it because that's how my children learn. That's how they learn best. They wanted to know about astronomy. They wanted me to leave no stone unturned. They wanted to learn 
everything about astronomy. And so I wrote an in-depth book. And it turns out that that is actually the best way for children to learn. When you go deep into a subject of science, they you uncover really fascinating things that you don't get if you're spiraling through a bunch of different topics in a year. You go deep into things like pollination and you find out about how the um, how pollination works and how the the pollen gets from from the from the the, the style to the stigma of another another flower or even the same on the same plant and how it grows down into the ovules and and it and it, it's it's an incredible interesting fascinating subject that if you just talk about pollination just at the surface level you don't learn the fascinating truth you don't learn the in-depth interesting things that happen in science god created this world in such an amazing way it is beautiful how god created it and also when you go deep into a subject you begin to really understand science at a level that a scientist understands it. And therefore, even if you take a standardized test on a subject you've never learned before, you still do well because you can, you can infer or deduct the answer because um, you've learned so much science. You understand science. You understand the processes. And so when you just cover um, topics on the surface level, there's been... Um, there's been lots of studies and the countries that score the highest on international assessments are the countries that go deep into one field of science and spend months and months on that field of science. Countries like Finland and um, Korea and Japan, they go deep into the fields of science and that's why they score better on international assessments. And so it's called the immersion approach. It's a whole book approach that Charlotte Mason advocates. You go deep into a field of science, you go deep into the subject and children learn and they love learning. Well, and that's very true for our own family. We used your series with our young kids who are, you know, we have our seventh graduates this year. So we're well into our, and almost finished with our homeschooling journey. But I remember those early days when the kids would be outside collecting bugs, collecting flowers, and then bringing them in and not just pasting them in a book, but studying them, looking at them under a microscope, comparing it to what we just read in your textbooks. And science, like you say, is discovering God's creation, and it can actually be very interesting and exciting, and it's a shame when any book makes it boring. And your books were written to the student. They're conversational, like you say, so it, it allows science to be interesting as it should be. And so, yeah, we can, I, we can certainly testify in our own family to how much our kids enjoyed learning science by going through these living books, one subject at a time. And we, I still have in my attic some of the projects from each of the books that were the climax of you know, that year when we were studying flying creatures or swimming creatures or some of those were the ones that have the bigger projects that uh, take up attic space. But yeah, good memories. Thank you. Yeah. I, my children were the lab rats. They actually never got to do my, the actual textbook. They had to listen to me read. I print, I'd print up my little, my little um, word document and sit down with them and read to them from the, uh, you know, the, the module that I'd written. And, um, and if their eyes ever glazed over, I was like, okay, I got to rewrite that section. So they were, um, they were child tested. <laughs> right. Field tested with your own family. Yes, exactly. 
So was there any one of the books that was your favorite to write? You know, what's interesting is that whenever I was writing a specific book, that was my favorite book. I would fall in love with the subject. I would immerse myself in the subject and I could not wait to share about this topic and this subject with the children. So I loved every subject as I was writing it. And, um, and I hope that I convey that excitement and that passion in the books, because I think it's so important that we give our children books to learn from by an author who has a passion for the subject. And so, yeah, I loved writing every single one. They were, it was so wonderful and so fun and so exciting. I will say though, that one of the most interesting books for me to write was the um, Sea Creatures because um, Hurricane Isaac, I believe it was, it was a long time ago, Hurricane Isaac, can't even remember what year it was, but that came through and had pushed all of the animals that are usually, um, you know, a mile or so out into the ocean, they pushed them all up onto the into tide pools around the beach. And so we went to Florida right after Hurricane Isaac, and it was kind of a disaster, but the sea, cre- the sea life and the sea creatures were they were so interesting. I was like, I got to see brittle stars climbing along rocks and it was just the most exciting, interesting thing to be able to write that book and then to actually see those creatures in real life without having to go, you know, scuba diving or whatever it was. So, so that was a fun book to write. That's, that's awesome. So uh, is there a particular order that a family should, should try to do these books in or does that matter as, you, as a family goes, tries to go through all the books? Well, honestly, I would say, and I've always given this answer, is that you really want to do the um, the book that your your children are interested in. And if you're doing it with several children, I would kind of lean towards the oldest, their their interests. And if they want to do Zoology 3 first, you can do Zoology 3 first. The only difference with um, Zoology 1, 2, 3, the only reason you might want to do them in order is because Zoology 1 teaches about animal classification, but you can also download the first chapter, which teaches classification of Zoology One from the Apologia website and read through it or just explain classification to your children after reading through that um, lesson. And then you can do any of the zoologies because um, classification is kind of an important foundational concept. But really just do whatever your children are most interested in. And I would say that if your oldest child is in second grade, you might want to wait to do anatomy and um, anatomy, physiology and chemistry and physics until they're maybe third or fourth, fifth grade, because those ones are a little more abstract. Um, Anatomy is it's very in-depth anatomy. I've had nurses email me and say, I have been a nurse for 20 years, and this book taught me more than anything I learned in nursing school. So it's pretty in-depth, um, and it's, you know, fun. There's a lot of fun projects and experiments and um, really great things to do in that book, but it is a little um, heavier. I would say a little anatomy, uh, chemistry and physics is a little more abstract because we're talking about energy and atoms and, and um, you know, the the laws of thermodynamics and all of these things, but it's really fun. There's a lot of, you know, lots of fun activities and projects for them to do in the, um, in the chemistry and physics. And so if you like doing, um, you like things that go, you know, bang, that's a great book to do, but I would wait until the children are a little bit older, all the rest, perfect for any, any age. And, um, you just choose one book that your children are 
interested in learning and um and then you just pick it up and go well that's a, a couple things you've mentioned you've mentioned the charlotte mason teaching philosophy about books that are alive that, that you read the book uh i know these books have a notebooking journal with them as well so how how is a parent supposed to use the notebooking journal and think in the in the terms of charlotte mason teaching philosophies to get the most out of this curriculum so, you know, I use the Charlotte Mason model. One of the one of the characteristics of that is narration. So the child learns and then tells you back what they've learned. And that really helps to solidify the information in their head. And also um, notebooking activities. I have them um, do, do a fun, creative activity from their learning. So, for example, when they um, study about the Earth and all the features that make the Earth such an interesting planet and why it's so unique to all the other planets. Um, and then I have them at the end of that chapter, I'll have them do a notebooking assignment where I say, create a, an advertisement to sell the earth. Pretend like you have the, the authority to sell the earth. And what, how, what would your ad say? How would you sell the earth and make it a planet that somebody would want to buy? And of course, then they have to call upon all the, the things they remember from the chapter about what makes the earth a sellable planet. And um, so those are notebooking activities. It's for me, I just, um, I have used that with my children and I have found that when children do notebooking activities over worksheets and quizzes and that sort of thing, they remember what they've learned longer than if they um, fill out a worksheet because worksheets do not have the child sit and contemplate or think about the subject. They're just they're just quickly recalling what they remember and then they're move moving on. The information never goes from the short-term memory to the long-term memory. And a, doing a notebooking assignment actually moves that information from the short-term memory to the long-term memory. And our children retain what they learned. And that's what we really want is our children to remember what they've learned. No, so, so, so true. Yeah, the I love the Charlotte Mason approach that these are written, you know, in mind. And so you, we've got books that now that are they're Charlotte Mason based, they're creation based, they're conversational. You also mentioned that they're written specifically for a homeschooling family. You can you can do three kids all at once uh, sitting on the couch. They're at you know different ages, but uh, that's one of the concepts that I think is just um, greatly unique about this curriculum is that uh, it makes it doable for a homeschool mom because it was written with them in mind. Um, so uh, as we begin to wrap this up, what what are some other resources that a homeschool parent um, would want to be aware of to get the most out of this series, to get the support that they might need? Where else would you want to send them to get that kind of resources? Well, um, Every book has a, um, a a dedicated page on the Polygia website, and there's a pass, password that they can put in, and there's extra um, neat, interesting places they can go on the internet to find information, activities, and things for them to do. Um, also, I have audiobooks, so if you want to rest your voice, you can uh, download the audio, or you can buy an MP3 Um from Apologia. Is that correct? Y'all still have the MP3s? Yes, okay. Yeah, direct downloads from the Apologia website. Okay. And um, and also I have a Pinterest board that has extra, for each book, I have a Pinterest board that has extra activities that you could do with your children. If you wanted to do um, more projects and activities, there's a Pinterest board there. We have 
Facebook pages. I have a Facebook group dedicated to each book and Apologia. Y'all, I think y'all host a on the Apologia World Facebook page. There's a lot of questions and answers that we um, that we answer there. If anybody has a question about activities or or projects or experiments or the books, those um, there's a that's very active. The Apologia World Facebook page and. Um, I would say just you're, you can go to my website. If you ever want to contact me, you can contact me through there. And I am always available to any homeschooler who wants to ask any questions or get any advice um, about anything, my books, Charlotte Mason, or anything along those lines. And what's your, uh, what's your webpage address for our audience? It's JeannieFulbright.com. All right. Easy enough. Is there anything else you want to tell us about your series before we wrap this up? Well, I just think that your children will have, a, they will learn to love science. A lot of us, we left high school without a love for science. And I have found that so many homeschoolers have fallen in love with science when they use a curriculum that brings it to life. And so I, um, I, just, I just know that you're going to give your children a great foundation in science with these books. And I would love to connect with you any way that I can online or um, or through the Facebooks or the social media. I'm also on Instagram. So I look forward to connecting with everybody. Well, thank you for joining us today, Jeannie. Um, this has been a great conversation, and but it's, it's time to bring it to a close. So I want to thank our audience for listening. We hope you'll join us again next time. And if you liked what you heard today, please share it with a friend or send us an email. That would be to podcast at apologia.com. We'd love to hear from you. This is Let's Talk Homeschool. And I'm your host, Davis Carmen, with our special guest, author Jeannie Fulbright, author of the Young Explorer series published by Apologia. We want to thank our sponsor, Apologia Educational Ministries. Their mission is to help homeschooling families learn, live, and defend the Christian faith. Apologia is the number one publisher of creation-based science curricula for homeschooling families with hundreds of number one awards. Now that's impressive, but more importantly, that's why Apologia is trusted by homeschooling families all across the USA and the world. Go to Apologia.com, a great place to explore creation. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day. And until next time, we are walking by faith and enjoying the homeschooling adventure of a lifetime.